Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your love, we thank you for all of your attributes. We invite your presence to be with us. We ask for your Holy Spirit. And we ask you to give us wisdom as we enter into your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's study is entitled, What Manner of Man is This? And our verse for this study is Matthew 8.27 in the King James Version. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? What manner of man is this? This story is captured in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it is an intriguing story. We're going to look at it in the book of Mark, starting at... Mark 4 and verse 35. So Jesus spoke to his disciples and, and the people listening in parables. In fact, in verse 33, it says, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Verse 35. And the same day, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Okay, so that evening, as the sun is getting ready to set, they, um, they get into the boat. And he says, Let's go over to the other side. We've, we've done enough work here. We're going to go over. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, right? Because he had been in the ship preaching. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and sea obey him? 
in the three accounts, we get slightly different words for, for their behavior. Matthew says, and the men marveled. Mark says, and they feared exceedingly. Luke says, and they being afraid wondered. What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. As this story is recorded pretty early in each of the Gospels, you get the impression that it was fairly early in the ministry. But even so, it gives you the impression that they only partially understood what Christ's ministry was about. They didn't get it. They didn't realize who they were with. They didn't understand what was happening. They were in this situation and they were perplexed and they called out to him for help. And then when he helped them, they were astounded at what he did. I don't know what they expected him to do, right? Because think about what they came and said. Master, carest thou not that we perish? They're saying to him, aren't you concerned that we're going to die here? So obviously they want him to do something. And he gets up and he says, peace, be still. And now they're perplexed and afraid and they're thinking to themselves, what craziness is this? You can just talk to the sea and the winds and everything settles down. So it's funny because there are different places in the Bible where God's people have prayed for something. And when the prayer was answered, they seem more perplexed than beforehand. You think about Peter when they were praying for Peter, when the church was praying for Peter, and he's led out of prison by an angel. And he goes to the house where they're praying and knocks on the door and Rhoda comes and says, it is Peter. And they're like, please, we're praying for Peter so he can get out of prison. <laughs> and they are so not ready to accept that the prayer has been answered. Um, Christ's disciples come to him and they're perplexed that he's asleep. And they don't, you know, they obviously have something they want him to do, but it's not clear what it is. Because when he does something, then they're perplexed that he did something. His question to them is, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And what he's saying is, my mission is to preach the word of God, is to instruct, uplift, bring light to those in darkness, free those who are in bondage, and then die for the sins of the world. I am not going to be dying in a boat in the water. And he's asking them, why are you so fearful? Why, why don't you realize that my father will protect me? Why don't you recognize that I can be completely and perfectly at rest in a storm of this magnitude because I trust my father implicitly? We look at this story and we often think, oh, Jesus was so tired he could sleep through a storm. And there's some degree of that. But also, when he was awakened, he didn't jump into a panic about where he was and what was going on. He got up quite casually. <laughs> and in some of the 
records, he even questions them before he calms the storm. But Jesus was not perturbed. He was not distracted. He did not get um, discombobulated. He wasn't made nervous by the circumstances. Instead, he questions them and says, don't you understand what is going on here? The enemy is against me, but I'm not worried because my father is for me. And you shouldn't be worried either because my father will protect you too. So if I'm asleep comfortably, you should be fine. Um, one of the interesting experiences that I have had is, especially at this time of the year, when all of the deer, we have a lot of deer that are around us here. And this is the time of the year where the deer come out and you still have some fawn with their little spots. And you have the older ones that are out and the mother will be out eating with them. And this is a, this is a better part of the year than a few weeks ago. If you go back about a month, those little fawn are a lot more vulnerable and the mothers are a lot more hostile if you're around them or if you're near them or you're in a path where they want to pass. But at this point, the deer are fine. They can run and prance and jump. And sometimes they'll, you'll even see them alone for brief periods of time. And the mother will be with them. And, and I had a circumstance where I came out and the young one saw me. They looked up, saw me, and started to run. But then they realized that their mother didn't run. And the mother looked at them like, what are you doing? And then looked over and saw me and then looked back at them like, what are you doing? Right? Because I wasn't, I wasn't near them. I was probably at least a hundred yards away. Um, and I wasn't advancing upon them. I just happened to come out from where I was. And so now I could see them. And she looked over at me and recognized that I was posing no threat to them where I was. And she looked at them like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and they stopped running <laughs> because she was looking at them funny. And then they stopped and started eating again. And she looks at me one more time and she goes back to eating. She didn't move. And so it's a situation where, you know, she's trying to tell them, y'all don't have to run until I run, right? When I run, then there's danger. But while I'm not running, y'all don't have to be perplexed. Now, it's, it's good for the deer to have the right instinct, right? It's safer for them to run. Um, but that was an interesting situation that I was a part of and got to see them, each of the, the entities react. And the mother decided, no, nope, there is no danger here and y'all need to, to not worry about it while I'm here. And essentially, that's what I think about when I see this, where Christ says, I'm asleep here because I'm tired. My father's protecting me. I can sleep with no concerns because I trust him implicitly and I know what my mission is and I know how I'm going to die. And so I'm not worried about this. We need to be able to trust God like that. Now, we don't necessarily know how we're going to die, right? So that aspect of it is something that we may not be privy to. But even if we don't know how we're going to die, we don't have to be panicky and perturbed when situations come up and we face crises we need to be a little more 
relaxed, maybe a lot more relaxed. We need to trust God. God has seen us through other controversy. We need to remember that and not immediately jump into panic mode when things happen. We need to have faith in God that he's going to do things for us in a reasonable way at a reasonable time. No, we don't know for sure when we're going to die. We don't know all of the things we're going to have to go through, right? But like Paul, we should be able to to tell the people, an angel came to me last night and told me not to worry. We're going to, you know, the ship will be lost, but we're going to get, we're going to be safe, right? No one will be lost. No person will be lost. But the ship and its belongings are going to go. And we just need to trust God that way. Right? It may be that the Lord can't afford to come and tell us things like that because we're too panicky and we're too distrustful and we're too accusatory. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Master's asleep. Right? <laughs> Master's not caring about anything. That's, that's why he's able to sleep. He's, there's no anxiety, no anxiousness. He is asleep, right? Don't you care that he will perish? We can be very selfish in our, um, in our trials, in our anguish. We can be very selfish. It would be one thing. Now, in fairness, when they say, carest thou not that we perish, maybe they were not excluding him. Maybe they're saying, Master, don't you care that we're all going to die? But even so, Jesus didn't really have any suicidal tendencies. Notwithstanding that he came to sacrifice his life for us, that was a very, um, that was not suicide in, in the traditional sense of the term, right? If someone goes into deep and treacherous waters to save somebody else, it may be suicidal in the sense that there's a great risk that they won't survive it, but it's not suicidal in the sense that they don't value their life or that they're depressed or otherwise um, emotionally distressed. Here, the disciples showed not only a lack of faith, but they just didn't understand who it was that they were dealing with. They didn't get it. And when God when Christ manifested his power in so signal a manner, they were blown away by what he had just done. Blown away. What manner of man is this? The lesson for us, a lesson for us, is that we need to take time to understand who Christ is to us. We need to take time to recognize what he's doing for us, what he wants to do to us and through us and with us. And I'm not saying that God is not going to surprise you in some of the things that he does for you. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that we shouldn't be so perplexed or afraid that when God shows up for us, I mean, after all, they asked him, don't you care that we perish? When he shows up for us, when he answers that prayer, we shouldn't be taken aback by what has just happened and be wondering to ourselves, who is this person? We need to have faith. We need not to be fearful. Okay? 
one of the passages in Luke, it mentions, where is your faith? In Mark, it says, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? So we can see that a lack of faith is an entrance for fear. Let's take time now to grow in an understanding and relationship with Christ so that when he comes through for us as we pray and cry out to him, we don't have to say, what manner of man is this? Matthew eight twenty seven in the King James says, And the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your love. We ask you to help us that as we meditate on this, as we reflect on this, that we will take the opportunity now to enter into a deeper relationship with you, that we will not be confused about what manner of man you are, but that we will uh, be willing to learn all about our Savior, to appreciate all of his attributes, and to avail ourselves of all of the power that he freely offers to us. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also ask that you take some time to check out the True Wisdom Bible Study Podcast, which is presented in a discussion format. Both of these podcasts can be found on Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and much, much more. And don't forget to lift up these ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.